How's it going? This is You'll Hear It. We got a real special episode for you today, so stay tuned. All right, all right, all right. So, if you're tuning in today, that means you're probably a fan of the You'll Hear It podcast, maybe, hopefully. Um, you're probably aware of OpenStudioJazz.com, where you can find a lot of amazing educational resources for you and your instrument. But you may not be aware that we have a sister podcast, sister, brother, sister, brother podcast called Upright Citizens. Uh, this podcast is hosted by Bob DeBoo, who's known for playing with David Sanborn and just being the Bob Ross of the bass teaching us how to play bass every day and Ruben Rogers who has played with a number of stars like Charles Lloyd um, you know Joshua Redman the list goes on so they have a podcast where they really get to talk to each other about bass culture and interview some amazing legends of the instrument Uh, so I wanted to bring you here at you'll hear it an episode of their podcast where they interview Larry Grenadier I really hope you enjoy it. Welcome, welcome one and all to another episode of Upright Citizens your home of everything bass-centric. And uh, this is Ruben Rogers speaking, and uh, my other bass partner in crime, Mr. Bob DeBoo. What's, What's up, up, Ruben? How you doing, brother? Doing great. Great to All see right. you. All right. All right. You're there living in, uh, in a very colorful um, <clears throat> Missouri. I know things are a little colorful is right a now. Good word for Missouri. Yes. Yeah, it's beautiful. Right. Yes. Tell me about it. I'm out here in Santa Cruz, and uh, we have a special guest Today, he's actually in Kingston, New York. Um, uh, I'd like to actually, you know, give some superlatives to, to, to describe this, this young gentleman. You know, I use young as you know, quotes, <laughs> right? But, uh, <laughs> but uh, I mean, we, we try not, uh, we, we, we prepare some for this, for this podcast usually, but I like to leave some room for some kind of spont- spontaneity, and which is my spontaneity was right before we got on this whole thing. And uh, give my brother this, 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 uh, give him respect and you know words of love, you know, while we can. And what, how can I describe this this young man? He's a true virtuoso, dexterous, dexterous, imaginative. Mm. I wrote these down if y'all didn't realize this, and. Uh, and his sound and his bass personality is infectious. Uh, you know, I have these students that come to me every once in a while, and uh, you can always tell who they're influenced by. You know, uh, uh, you can hear the Ron Carters, you can hear the Ray Browns, you can hear uh, maybe sometimes Jimmy Garrison, even the Christian McBride. And this young man falls right in there in that same lane. Uh, Whenever I hear these, <laughs> there's these these uh, bases. I always tell them, never be a bad imitation of so and so, because no one wants to hear that, you know. But it's almost hard for that because these 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 gentlemen have very you know 
you know, transcendent sounds and infectious uh, personalities on the instrument. With that said, we'd like to introduce the great, legendary, Mr. Larry Grenadier. What's up, LG? Hey. Great, great, great pleasure to, to share this time with you guys and talk everything about bass. Yes, yes, yes. Here yeah. we are. Um, yeah, thanks for taking the time, brother. I mean, I know of course. I was going to say out of your busy schedule, but let's, <laughs> right. let's say semi-busy schedule in this crazy time that we're all living in, right? Well, you know, it's like either wash the dishes or do the laundry or go to the grocery store. I mean, you know, the days right. do fill up, right? It's funny how that is, right? Like, yeah. Like, I mean, shoot, that you actually have a schedule. I'm like, wait, did I touch the bass? Oh, well, no, I didn't touch the bass <laughs> <Right>. yet. <laughs> Unfortunately, but anyway. Always thinking about it, though, right? Yeah, it's always in the back of my, my brain, my mind, right? This big right. old noggin I got. But anyway, <laughs> uh, well, let's start, let's start, let's start with, you know, we're going to creep, you know, from, yeah. from back and bring it forward mm. uh, and keep it, keep it kind of condensed, but, um, you, you of course you play with some great musicians from you know the Joe Henderson to the Stan Getz, obviously to the Brad Meldows, Johnny Griffin. There's a there's a whole list of people that we can we can uh, you know talk about that you play with. But it, let's focus on in the earlier days. Um, obviously you were listening with people who were listening to you, heavy heavy musicians, experienced right, uh, experienced listeners also on and off the bandstand right. Mm. Uh, would you say your sound or your time conception conception um uh where it was developed from just being around those people or just kind of like knowing that you had to to be in a certain kind of lane to to um to even play with these kind of people i mean give us give us like a little synopsis of of, of what that was like playing in those times and how it influenced your, your, your sound and your, and your conception. Sure. I mean, I think, you know, the ability to, that I, the chances that I had as a youngster, like, you know, teenager specifically, you know, like 16 through up to 20, uh, well, through college, let's say, was that I was extremely lucky to, to kind of be at that moment where I could still play with a lot of different people coming through town who didn't have a rhythm section who expected the the local rhythm section to deal enough so it didn't mess them up, right? I think that's all they really were hoping for, you know, like just don't, <laughs> just don't mess enough. my shit up, yeah. That's enough. Um, you know, at, at, at a young age to, to find out what people expected from the bass, what they, mm -hmm. what they thought, well, this is, you know, this is a given that the bass player provides this these services to the music, uh -huh. um, you know, as opposed to, you know, you know, going through a music school and learning, learning kind of a little backwards, you know, like you kind right. of learn about the instrument and you, you know, you, you kind of get it together. But as far as the act actually pragmatic, practical aspects of playing gigs, you kind mm -hmm. of get that later, typically, or, or you're getting yes. it with your contemporaries at school in, in, in that right. time. Right, right, right. So right. because I had it from older, more experienced musicians, I think that really quickly turned me on to like, hey, this is what I need to get together like tonight, you know? Right, right, tonight. You know, I gotta learn this tune tonight. I gotta, you know, be able to play this groove. Well, well, with that, I mean, I mean, I think all of us have a very similar 
uh, background in coming to the music and actually getting to the to the you know the crux of or the the, the nitty gritty of of the music in that sense. But would you say you were were you very studied before as far as in I mean technically and you know prof, proficient and what that before or that that also come as come as you played those gigs it really came it really came as i played i mean yeah. I, I was just hanging on by by my fingertips you Tell know me like about it. you know <laughs> you know the thing with bass as we all know is that you can get away with a lot of stuff you know until mm -hmm. somebody with some some you know more ears says wait a second you know why are you playing that note or you know mm. you and know, unfortunately so unfortunately a lot of people don't have anyone they never have anyone right actually do that right? right they don't someone to tap on your shoulder be like totally. ah. they're like they're like they're just so happy to have a bass player who play a little bit they're like well, whatever it's cool right Nobody else you know <laughs> yeah and as as we get better we play with better musicians we see the potential for hearing about what people consider hearing listening and, and you know mm -hmm. that was the thing i noticed with these you know really monumental musicians early on was that they they were hearing everything i was playing so that was like a shock to the system Right, right. So, yeah. so you have to get it together as quickly as possible, just to just to make it through the week of gigs, you know. Right, right, um, right. But so my my level was really, um, you know, I I took bass lessons right away when I when I grabbed the upright, but they were all classical lessons. Mm, so it was okay. just like that was my way of learning the instrument was through Samandel and you know bowing technique and stuff like that. Right, right. So did you play some electric bass though early on? Yes. So I already played okay. electric bass. I played for a few years. Yeah, and I was, you know, playing, you know, pop music, really. Yeah, boom. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Okay. Well, I mean, so moving forward, obviously you were playing with all these these incredible musicians from a young age, but now we, if we, we bring it to, to now, I mean, since you've had all this musical experience, uh, I know you must get this question, uh, you know, here and there or have had it before are there any like highlights of your career that you could just if you could just pinpoint two or three i know there's like 700 two or three that come to your mind right now that stand out to you what would you say wow i mean that's, that's a little tricky i mean there are certain moments of like the um the curtain was lifted a bit where i could see a bit more of the mechanics of what it what's going like you know so much of it is just react reactive and mm. um kind of guessing you know it, mm. it, it was so much about especially with older musicians where they never really i mean they might say something specific every once in a while but most of their comments were pretty encoded you know so yes. it would take me time to decode them you know mm. uh, so but there were moments where it's like ah you know i, mm -hmm. I get to see a little bit more i remember one was one was playing with this great drummer uh donald bailey who yep. was living in san francisco when i was a teenager and, i saw um, you there at the stanford jazz workshop with him oh right that was some the duo. last time i got to sp has sp spend some time with him oh yeah. really oh okay mm -hmm. um yeah and you know and just i had played with some great drummers before that but the way he played the approach to the instrument was really like okay this is a whole other way of playing time mm -hmm. that was incredibly swinging but it felt like there was four different things going on each limb was kind of on its a very independent world yeah. so when i first heard it and played with it it was really awkward 
And then as the week went on, it's like I, I could relax into wow. it and just kind of just focus on really on his ride symbol. And, and it was like, oh, man. And it, it kind of brought together mm. this thing of of um, time playing for me, which was getting a little bit too heady at that moment where I was thinking about placement of the beat too much in the midst of making music. And, mm. and at, at the same time, I was reading this autobiography of, of Mingus, you know, where mm -hmm. he talks about this big circle of a beat and you could play, there's a center to the circle, but you could play anywhere in that circle. And it's this playfulness about music, you know, mm -hmm. where it wasn't all academic and up right. in your head. That was one of those, ah, you know, I could, I could see a bit more of the depth of potential of, of mm -hmm. making music and having a conversation and mm -hmm. still having it feel good, but kind of you know no rules in a way you know of just yeah. if it if it feels good it's probably a good good place to be at that moment i i i want to touch on 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 that what i just said when you played with don bailey uh sorry donald bailey yeah that right sorry, yeah, donald. yeah yeah donald bailey uh you uh i'm getting at this workshop in at stanford i think we both were doing uh, bass duties at that time right at, right, at the workshop right, right. but i think you were doing the big uh, workshop and some i don't know if maybe i came in for one day and sub for mm. you for a day i can't remember exactly mm. but i do remember um you doing like a small concert just duo with, with donald bailey oh wow. like at the at the the workshop right okay. and and like Man, I mean, I think I came to check it out to see what y'all are doing because I think you were like, I don't remember how what would happen, but I think you had to leave or do something. You probably had to go to like Japan for like two days and come back. And I was like, I was going to just do a sub for you for that day. And I got to tell you, when when I saw y'all do, I think you were explaining something, but then y'all played, mostly played. Mm -hmm. That alone was so intimidating to me in the moment that like i mean it was so it was such on a high level just both of you doing this this thing i'm like what can i come in the next day and and tell these dudes that would inspire them after seeing y'all like do this like transcendent kind of like duo thing that was like you know what there it is y'all should all go home now you know what i mean <laughs> I was like, okay. I mean, I think I just was like, hey guys, let's just play a B flat scale next day or something. You know, <laughs> I don't even remember what happened, but I do remember that. So that's funny. We're talking that about is, this, man. I you remember you mean? being around that week, though, for sure. I mean, this is the funny thing about teaching to me, you know, because um, <clears throat> you know, not having gone to music school, having learned most most everything through playing, right? Uh, but then having students, well, you know, ask, well, how do you do such and such? Yeah. And I can't just say, well, you know, go get a gig with somebody who's really great and just, you know, pay attention and be in the moment. Mm. Um, so I have to kind of backtrack, not mm. to make shit up, but uh, I have to like create a way to think about things, you know, yes. that, 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 mm -hmm. uh, that students can relate to and grow from. Right. Um, but there's something about just playing with people and, you know, students kind of just, whether it's osmosis or whatever it is, you know, just kind of taking in that information on a cellular level, you know, as it comes into yeah. them, um, where they, where, where they, they may not even get it really. They may not mm -hmm. know really what's going on, but they soak it up for later use. I think. Yes. You know? Yes. Yes. So there's, you know? there's a place for that as well. It's, it's a real talking. You know? 
but it's all in real time too. Everything is in real time. I remember that for myself too. That like, I mean, I think we all get this like being like, oh shoot, man, that dude is, oh my god, you know, right? I mean, and it's kind of squirrel it back in, your, in the back of your brain. I mean, what I mean, if I even had to say one of the first times coming to <laughs> coming to the stage from St. Thomas and seeing one one of the first bassists I actually saw play live. This is funny. Uh, Bob knows this was Christian McBride for me. You didn't okay. know that, which was like, you know, I was like, damn, does everybody play like this? Ripping through the bass, and I like, I didn't even own an upright bass. Wow, yeah. mm. I was playing electric bass. I was aspiring, like, oh, I hope I can afford to get one with you know within this year of being at Berkeley. And but that that I always squirrel that in my back of my brain. What was what was what could happen. I mean, obviously didn't realize he was a freak in that moment, but it was just like back of my brain. Okay. Well, I'm aspiring to hopefully play like this and it, it stayed with me. You know what I mean? Right. Those, those, those things over the years. Exactly. Um, yeah. Well, that's I it. Mean, you know, like your initial thing about asking about like developing sound and all this stuff, you know, for me, it's, it's really just, you, you, you just constantly eating stuff up. You're feeding mm -hmm. off, you're, you're being inquisitive. You're being, um, open to mm -hmm. a lot of different influences, bass, mm -hmm. electric bass, other instruments, and feeding off their, their potential of sound. And so your palate yeah. just grows, you know, the, the, that's the well, idea. For well, me. I mean, that's what's, I, uh, it's, it's kind of hard for me to even like ask that question sometimes because I realize we all have a, our personality. We all have our own right. like divine thing, right? And some voices are just like, some voices are just a little louder and more distinct than others and we gravitate towards on any instrument. Um, but it's funny. I never thought about the eh, conception of this because I just, I just want to play, you know? And I remember this friend of mine in, in, in St. Thomas, who wasn't even a big jazz fan, but he was like, really, uh, he just, you know, we were good friends from high school, but he was just knowledgeable and smart in a certain kind of way. Early on, like as I started to do gigs, he was like, he 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 told me one time. He said to me, he says, "Ruben, do you realize that you're, you are now, um, starting your development and being a part of the jazz tradition." He mm. said that to me, and I was like, "What the hell are you talking about?" <laughs> you know, what I, mean? right. I was like, "He's like, he's like, you are in a position to do that. Do you even realize that?" And I was. I, yeah. I didn't even think about it. You know, at that time, I was like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? I just want to play the gig because I love playing this music. And not until maybe a decade later did I think about those words he said as time went on. And I was like, you know, but uh, but it was never like a part of like, I need to create a certain sound. This is my sound or whatever. Right. I mean, because we, we all, it's all we're all developing in our own pace and hopefully, you know, our voice is, is, is maturing and going exactly. on and, 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 and leave it at that, you know, uh, anyway. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's not uh, an intellectual <laughs> pursuit for sure. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? But, 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 but I mean, I mean, of course it starts to be developing a certain credit depending on the, the kind of things you end up, you know, choosing to play and, exactly and, you know yeah. what i mean and that's you what it starts off with you know and you start to sculpt it starts to sculpt this in yes. way in, in that way but yeah anyway, yeah um, yeah take it over bob you have oh, yeah so the experiential level you know or the experiential process you know like i was even curious uh larry um when you were first you know the first few notes playing with somebody like joe henderson or those first few notes with stan Getz, were you um you know being in did you have this conception that you should be intimidated? 
playing with them or anything like preconceived going into that situation? Well, that's, a, that's a funny question because, you know, when you're young, well, I was, you know, I was young. I was 18 or so. Um, I was too too dumb to be, to know really what, like I should be really intimidated, you know, like, sure, sure. or, you know, to be really aware that I really wasn't prepared. You know, right. you just got to jump in and, and do what you can do and learn from it. I mean, luckily, Ignorance like with Joe, yeah. I was able to play with him later once I moved to New York. And so I had a bit more together by then, you know. Mm -hmm. But um, if I had to play with those guys now, I'd be really scared. Yeah, you know? I can only yeah. imagine. Yeah. Right. You know, but the, so fear, the fearlessness. Yeah, yeah the fearlessness of youth, for sure. For Ignorance sure. is bliss. Ignorance <laughs> exactly. is bliss. Oh, no, yeah, no, no. Um, I was really curious, too, because y'all spoke um, uh, on a little bit about the, the again, the experiential learning uh, in, in relationship to the intellectual or the school-based learning or, you know, even with a private teacher. And so learning all, you know, all this information and, and being open to it and understanding what it is, you know, like that, that needs to happen for the gig. You know, I, I, I'm aware that, you know, also going back to Stanford, you went and studied, you didn't study music at Stanford University, right? You got an English degree at, yeah. at Stanford. So was that an intentional, did you, I, I'm just curious, like, was that intentional or were you just really into literature? I, 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 I went, I started as a music major for about a month and it, it just wasn't set up for me to really, it wasn't the best use of my time, let's say there, mm. you know. Um, study music? Yeah, they they had some interesting programs going on, but it really wasn't in my my world. Um, was that mainly because you were already playing gigs with like some of the best musicians in the world? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's just like you know, a school like that, especially back then. Um, you know, its focus was not on jazz bass. Let's say okay. you know. Yeah, yeah. So it, once I saw the the other departments, you know, what was going on, I was like, okay, I think you know. I think I'll do something else. But also, I really was able to do that because I was doing a lot of gigs in San Francisco at that time where I felt like, well, there's my jazz education. I don't really need to, to duplicate it in, during the daytime. There you go. Right. There yeah. You go. Mm -hmm. And that's also why I stayed in California was that I kind of had this nice setup, you know, where I could play with a lot of different people. If I had lived in New York, it would have been a whole different thing for me. I would have gone to a music school. Um, they would have called Ron Carter, you know, I mean, it's like there was plenty, you know, all these, I would just never had those experiences, no you doubt. know, so it, no it was doubt. something that I think was probably the right move at the time. I mean, I always say that too, man. It, it's just, it's like, it's like, I mean, of course it's, it's luck also. It's luck. I feel yeah. the same, you know, it's quite different, quite different. But as far as in just trying to develop, when I came from the Virgin Islands to Berkeley, I, it was, I was, it was a, perfect time where like a lot of names you know now in in in, in music were there or getting ready to leave or just were there right and also there weren't like very few upright bass players that was trying to play jazz like you know what i mean and i was just happened to just find my niche right exactly. right at the right time to actually play with some of the best musicians in the city and then people coming in because it was a little hub coming from New York, starting to network like that. It's like it just it just happened, you know. Right. Those those the timing is timing. always is mm -hmm. so interesting how that is and how and I always feel when I think back, I'm like how lucky it was because if even if it was like a year later, you know, I could def I would definitely be back in St. Thomas 
you know, teaching at school, right. you know, living a beautiful life. Don't get me wrong. You know what I mean? <laughs> but it'd just be different. You know what right. I mean? But uh, no, so, absolutely, man. Yeah. But, you know, I think it, it speaks to like this. I don't know. It's something I've been thinking about a lot lately with COVID and everything where or actually when I, w I was out <clears> in, in Europe in July and seeing some people play again. And, and you know, it's like at a certain point, everybody can play, you know, like they all know the tunes. They all can keep time. You know, they don't fall apart. So it's like, well, what what are we what else are we really want from the music, the music that we take in, that we hear? And it's like you want them to have this personality, to have their own voice, to mm -hmm. like just some freshness and some curiosity. And I think it, yep. it's a, it becomes like a more of a personality traits at a certain point of being open to a lot of different things and mm -hmm. taking it in and jazz. It's always been such a beautiful music for me because it's so inclusive, right? You can yes. just feed off of everything and bring it, mm. bring it into our, our into our world. No doubt, no yeah. doubt. And and so I think like you know your ability to be, you know, to go to Boston at the time you went to to take in that information to grow from it, or you know whatever whatever the situation is, it's like that's really a big part of why you succeeded, mm. you know. Because right. of like yeah. your openness to taking the stuff in and then saying, okay, this is, I'm just like taking this, and it's feeding through my own little filter. And mm -hmm. what comes out in the end is completely you, but unique to you because you took in these influences. Yeah. I mean, because we all, like, we all listen to the same, mainly, you know, there's always yeah. the, the other those people that some people might have missed, but. You know, most of us say, oh, yeah, Ray Brown, Ron Carter, yeah, Ricky yeah, Davis, yeah. You know, mm -hmm. Jimmy mm -hmm. Paul Chambers. You know, it's like, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. So we take in this information, but how come we don't sound like any of them really in the end? <laughs> right, 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 right. And right, so I think right. that's something just to kind of keep in mind for a student, too, is like, oh, yeah, I'm doing this for a reason, but I'm not really, I'm not searching for my sound, really. I'm not actively. It's just going to come through, yes. and it comes through your personality. No yeah. Doubt. Definitely. I, I, I was listening to a great interview um, with B.B. King recently, mm. where he was talking about his early days of getting his sound together. And uh, he put it as, I was basically a bad, I was trying to do, impersonate all so-and-so, Charlie Christian, down the line of all these blues greats. And I was really just doing a bad impersonation of all of them. Right, and eventually right. I came to my own sound. And I was like, if B.B. King, somebody with that type of a voice, right, you know, right. and a unique and just, you know, sound enveloping like that, has that same process than us as bass players or just musicians as general in general. Yeah, yeah you absorb all of that in and you imitate, you learn, you keep your ears right. open, but no, you will no. never be those people. So uh, on, on that front, um, you know, like as far as like outside influences, is there anything like outside music that influences your music or the way you play bass or any anything like that directly that you know? I mean, if you get down to it, I think everything, right? I mean, right. Um, how you deal with people, you know, how you how you talk with people, how you, your relationships are like, um, how you spend your your off time, you know, what you're mm. doing. And I think it's just kind of this openness, and especially for bass players who are, where we're where we're, um, it, it's an essential quality that we can bring the music together, you know, from our standpoint in the middle of the band and kind mm -hmm. of be this fulcrum to make as the music changes from second to second to kind of just be awake in it and to, to, to have ideas about how to make it sound better. Um, mm. I think that th those are like human uh, qualities that we can develop. Right. Yeah. 
you know, outside I mean, I, of practicing Samandal or transcribing Paul Chambers. I, I always say, sure. first, I mean, I've said this in another podcast that we are personality managers on and off the bandstand. Right. Right? Right? Yeah. Like we're like, we kind of, I mean, I didn't even realize this until much later on in my career, how that asset is probably what has you know helped me actually along and be in many circumstances or situations where like why am i here why are you even calling me there could be someone else you could definitely call to do this whether it be good or bad you know what i mean right, and right, like, right. Then that that part you know be like oh, okay oh okay you know all right but but it was never forced you can't teach that you just kind of like you know, you just have to right. move along and figure it out as time goes on. You know, I mean, that's you know. right. That's so true, man. <laughs> and it's funny. It's why bass players, you know, on the road, be like, we all hook up and, and we can have a great time hanging out. Right. Where it's not always true with other instruments, right? <laughs> no. I'm not going to name any names, but you right. Know, no. But like, you know, get a bunch of lead trumpet players together or, you know, Forget that. <laughs> whatever, you know, it, it's because I think we're constantly, we're able to, to, to juggle these things and kind of make it all work all the time. Right. No doubt, man. No doubt. But, um. All right, amazing stuff. So again, this is You'll Hear It. Thank you so much for listening. Um, if you like this podcast, remember to like and subscribe. And remember that you can go to openstudiojazz.com and find a lot of amazing materials to help you and your instrument. Until next time, happy practicing. <laughs>